Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined on the show by a man that broke uh, records yeah. last weekend. Cameron Brannigan. Proper player, Paul. Oxford United. And um, he scored four penalties in one game. And mm. He talked us through them, the psychology. The, yeah, the mental war he went... Went into with the goalkeeper. Yeah, well, he beat he beat the goalkeeper. He certainly in did. The mental war. Um, so he was on good form. Uh, altogether more serious chat with a former Northants cricketer, Patrick Foster, who'd written his book Might Bite: The Secret Life of a Gambling Addict. Very powerful stuff. It's quite the story. Uh, so we'll bring you that. We had a bit of a chat. We had a chat, Paul. Some ice cream van tales. We did, and we had a birthday spread for we you. Did. It was epic. Ugh. So Live. here it all is. <laughs> It is seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Afternoon, Paul. Good and night for Ange Postecoglou, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, what a game. Well, I mean, what a first half. Really. Yeah. It was, after that, it, there wasn't much of a contest. I mean, they hit the bar rangers, but that was about it. It's such a difficult job, isn't it? But I think he's got them, Paul. I think yeah. he's got well, these Celtic. He's built well. He's bought well. And, but what? God, that atmosphere. Yeah. That was... <laughs> it was like... It, it reminded me of those nights in Glasgow when Jim Watt would fight uh, in Glasgow. Yeah. And you'd get some... Poor lad from sort of Haiti come over, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, some, and he's like, he had no one in the crowd. <laughs> Not one, no. just on Kelvin Hall, like, oh, completely parted. Yeah. Walking around the ring with a sore tie, and there's this kid knee yeah. knocking together in the corner, <laughs> thinking, Can I get out of this fight, even though the bell's yeah. going to ring in about 30 seconds? I've never been to an old firm game, but oh, yeah. I've been to a, a, a couple of Celtic games, and it's, it's the, the atmosphere's mad yeah. anyway, so. But I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've only said, I've, we were talking to Shaban about this yesterday. Yeah. He was on Celtic TV and uh, Shaban Ernard, who was working there last night. But um, I mean, I went when there were Rangers won, sorry, at Celtic won at Ibrox, the one I went to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had, a, you had plenty of Celtic fans there. And so it was a bit of to and fro. Yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. last night, it was a completely Celtic crowd. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, brilliant. so I'm trying to think in situations like that. I mean, I don't know, this can't be the same in stand-up, but when you've gone, maybe you've done a gig in the past on your way up very early on where people didn't know you, and everybody's there to see someone else. No, I've, I've done a few gigs where no one's like me at all in the crowd, Paul, yeah. <laughs> that's what you're after. Oh, no, at the moment, I, I support Jack D now and again on, on his yeah. tour, and you do sort of surf on on the wave of disappointment that you're not Does Jack, Jack get D. you on? Because I've noticed a few comedians these days, they go out and they do about two or three minutes, off, and they say, look, 
I'm going to go and I'll be seeing half an hour, but I've got a really good mate of mine who's coming on now. Yeah, that, that would be helpful, wouldn't it? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Note to Jack no. when you're no. on the road with him. No, J- Jack it, does it, a little voice. It does over. work. I think when, when, the, when the comedian comes out, I've heard comedians do that before, before and say, great mate of mine, yeah. you're going to love him. And you've got, and you've got the, the turns endorsement. Yeah. Anyway, so I think, like, oh, well, if, you know, Jack loves him, yeah. then uh, he must be all right. Look, we'll find out in Stockport tomorrow night. <laughs> Find come out tomorrow, on, Jack. Mate. Just a couple of minutes. A <laughs> couple of minutes. Get Charlie on. I'm not saying it's just, like playing Celtic Park. Just pretend you like him, and then you can get off, get back to the dressing room. Yes. Uh, anyway, we're interested now about... I'm trying to think in your world whether you've come across a really partisan crowd yeah. and in what circumstances, any more partisan than that. But, uh, yeah, good goals last night. And McGregor played well. He made about two or three really good yeah. saves. Yeah, a double save early uh, on. That uh, was hell of an atmosphere. Yeah, but anyway, really let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089. Tweet to TSH&J. Yeah, you Aaron Ramsey, you must have sat there thinking, I fancy this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not it, tonight. Yeah, but <laughs> no. It was... It was Please not to have turned it out wouldn't tonight. have been one to chuck him that's one, that's one thing Rangers fans can take away from it isn't it really we'll get Aaron on the pitch it'll all be different but whack <laughs> yeah it was it was tough it did feel like a bit of a seminal moment but we'll see you know it's great I mean, I had Simon talking about it earlier on it is great when the old firm are, are, are you know at each other's throats mm. and gunning it in the, in the league it's brilliant it's, that's what oh, and that's what like you it. missed is what you missed in that period and Maybe begrudgingly, Celtic fans admit they don't get any atmosphere. When when Rangers were on their way back, nothing was quite no, like no. that. They must have missed it. Certainly on a night like that when they when they gubbed them. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. we shall see what occurs. Let us know about your. It's a, it's a bucket list match, isn't it? Go yeah. into a old should, firm. Yeah, everybody derby. should yeah, do. Yeah. I know Trevor Sinclair did. I've, we've not heard from him yet. I don't think. But when we do, it'd be interesting to see what he's got to say about about the atmosphere and what yeah. he made of the game. Um, so, um, Steve Bruce, Andy Carroll. You've probably seen a few memes today. A very sullen, sad-looking Andy Carroll. <laughs> Poor Andy Carroll. Looking at the camera, going whap 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 whap. As Steve the, turns <laughs> up with his with his bag. Think of all the opportunities he would have yeah. had to have moved a week. Ago. We probably had five or six clubs interested. Yeah, and he's gone. You know, I know, I know where I'll go. I know Steve, where Steve Bruce will never turn up. I'm sure he's, he's managed Villa. He's managed Birmingham. He's not going to turn up at West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, where it, it sounds from what Simon has said that Steve's very interested in the job and, and they're interested in him. So if he does get it. There will be that. There will be that question. He said, oh, "I'll judge every play." You know, he's a good lad, and blah blah, and he'll do all the stuff. Yeah. But the bottom line is, he did ship him out of Newcastle, didn't he? So. He did. He did. But so um, if maybe he was got, right to. Maybe that that wasn't his level at that at that, that point in his yeah, career. You Paul. know what? He could be right. Maybe that's the way that uh, Steve will sell it. Um, let us know about unwelcome reunions. I would imagine there'd be slightly eggy moment. I would think. Um, so let us know if you've got any tales of unwelcome reunions. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to TSH and J. We always have Charlie's choice on a Thursday, a kind of real madcap call <laughs> a topic that Charlie wants to get you involved in. He tried two today. First one was when did you ever turn up in a Rolls Royce? And we yeah. thought that's going to be a lot of weddings. A lot of weddings. That's there. the Deli Alley one. A lot of inappropriate pa- cars. I was interested. Inappropriate in, yeah. cars. Turning yeah. up in an inappropriate transport. Yeah, that yeah, might be better. Turning up to your up. maybe yeah. turning up to your wedding on a that's bus. That's what I meant. Turning up to your wedding on a bus, what yeah. I meant. Oh, yeah, I'll, ma- I'll make it work for you, mate. You just sit there and drink your tea. And the other one, which is in light of um, uh, Roy Hodgson's in- incredible um, Cantona-like quote yesterday, when did you last compare yourself to a mermaid? I mean, honestly, you're going to get nothing on that, are you? <laughs> he did compare himself to he a did. mermaid. He did. And, you know, but how many uh, people can... That's, uh, oh, yeah, the, the phones have lit up. What a shared experience that is. Hello, 
Dave here, great show, lads. Oh, oh, D- could... Disney football. I was going to say Disney football. No, that's but a we terrible don't want idea. That. We don't that's want a terrible that. We'll get loads of those now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There was a clip going around yesterday, uh, Paul, yeah. on Twitter of uh, Jose Mourinho with Deli Alley in the office when he's talking mm. to him. I've seen and that, and he, yeah. It's from, the, it's from that, the All or Nothing documentary. Yeah, he gives like, this speech of, yeah. you know, I don't know why you're up and down. I don't know how you live your lifestyle. I don't know. And he says, uh, I was 20 yesterday. He said, I'm 56. Yeah. I was 20 yesterday. Yeah. It goes fast. And it does go fast, doesn't it, Paul? And I thought, sat there thinking... That is really good advice. It was, and it was, it it's, was very it's, wise and very yeah. measured. And you think you're, he's delivering all of this. I mean, look, he, he drove us Putney at times at Tottenham as he has at other clubs over the years. But at his best, you can see why he's been so successful. They were very sort of wise words, sort of weren't they? Fatherly Delivered words. in a second language. Yeah, well, yes, someone. amazing. I mean, anyway, I, thought, I thought it was fantastic when he said, I don't want you to look back on your career no. and you know, feel like you've not got the best out of yourself. And you want to say this to young people. And yeah. You, you, when you're young, you don't want to hear it, yeah. is the thing. Because Deli Ali's sitting there in the interview and you can see him going, all right, I'm quite shocked you're saying this to him. Yeah. It's like no one's ever said that to him, like laid it on the line like that to him. And then, you know, should he have taken that advice, Paul? Did he take the advice? You don't know, do you? But I thought that was so good. I was 20 yesterday. Yeah. You go, yeah, yeah, it does feel like that as you get. I mean, I think others, other coaches have tried because, you know, they know he's a good player and they know he's an asset. Yeah. Every coach comes in would say the same thing. You know, Deli Ali's a great player. I don't want to get the best out of him. So, look, who knows? New, new environment, different place, different, maybe... Maybe out of London doesn't hurt. Yeah. Or not that, you know, Liverpool is a little hamlet in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, but, you know, just get just a different... Yeah. I mean, Could he's got a really good move. Someone like Ash- Frank there as Ashley well. Ashley Cole's come in today as well. They're building up a good coaching team and, and get an arm around him and they'll get him going. Yeah. I can't I say hopefully. I mean, he's playing for another club now, yeah, but I still, want him, trip. I still want him to do well. Really yeah, would yeah. like him... To, to see him I come think we back all again. do yeah, yeah, yeah. because you don't want to see that sort of drop in no, form. You don't think you that, can, that can happen in Joe football. Hart or someone, you know, you look at Joe Hart, it was at the top and then it just sort of yeah. dro- dropped Quite down, night last it? night from his <laughs> point of view. <laughs> yeah. Smoking a cigar. Um, anyway, um, we're going to be talking boxing a little bit later on. Oh, yeah, yeah. She'll be joining us uh, very shortly. Amazing story she has got. 
out of Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and um, she's pound for pound one of the best boxers in the world. She fights in the UK for the first time on Talk Sport uh, in Cardiff uh, on, on our exclusive uh, fight night. And, uh, yeah, she's got quite the story. We'll be chatting to her. She's an MMA fighter as well. Was she? she? Yeah, still active. She's still doing it. She still is. She's kind of balancing the two. But anyway, we'll have a good chat with her yeah. in a minute. You've been getting in touch this afternoon. We spoke earlier on to David Connolly, who played under... Um, Roy Keane at Sunderland first time around and he made some very good points about you know coaches who are used to League One mm -hmm. and know how to potentially get out of it Roy would have to do a lot of homework it's not like watching Premier League football uh, Alan says um, as a Sunderland fan I'd rather Di Canio or Poet come back than Keane <laughs> oh, I don't know but that's not the way Andy Dawson felt know. about yeah. it certainly and apropos of nothing I think Mike in Stockport says my mate Danny is having his wedding at Power League in Stockport this guy this guy knows what we're after that was a imagine that sort of they sat down uh, him and Danny and his uh, and his fiance sat down, and she's saying, <laughs> you know, there's um, something hall, in, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah, wherever, yeah. just out in, hall. In, near near Barry. There's yeah. this place. There's so and so manor. There's that <laughs> new barn complex. Yeah, and Danny's taking it all in. He's saying. About Power League in yeah. Stockport. <laughs> Got 3G. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we can have an evening under the lights. We can have a, we can have a sort of uh, a, lovely, a night wedding. Flood lit. It'd be fantastic. Bit, Turn it off for the fireworks. Bit of drizzle. Turn oh, it off when the bacon rolls come round. Yeah, it'd be lovely, but, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. what, how, how tough a sell would that be? I'd love that. That silence after, after Danny had floated Power League Stockport as a, as a potential It might be beautiful, venue. Paul. It might, it might be. They might have like a beautiful back room. It you might, know. yeah. It's... <laughs> Power League. Well, do you think about like the Palace of Versailles? <laughs> no studs. You take that one. There's that kind. <laughs> there's that door at Power yeah, League, yeah. but it looks like it goes to the gents' loo yeah. or is a store cupboard, and you open it, and it's the Hall of Mirrors. It's, it's beautiful, it's fantastic, oh, beautiful. It's a little it's jazz, beautiful jazz like bar in the corner of the Hermitage in St Petersburg. <laughs> it's like David Sullivan's front room. Exactly. You open that one room and Power Something League like, stop like yeah, through you go and Fantastic. come in, sir. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful as you go in. Beautiful. It's unlikely, Charlie. You think it's unlikely? Uh, Charlie. Anthony's been in touch. Michael Brown. Maybe there is something in. Can I do a Charlie's choice yeah, off course. the back of that? You go for it. Um, I was about to do uh, ice cream van stories because I've got one. But you, okay, you let me just give you Paul. this first. When I opened the, the story, that the story oh, yes. that ends with Perfect. when I opened the door, I wasn't expecting that. Unless OB, you know, it didn't result in a, yeah. in a failed marriage. But that's probably not the stories we want. But when I opened the door, I wasn't expecting that. Should well, we take a I couple am, of those this well, afternoon? I once flew to uh, Estonia for a gig in oh, yeah. Tallinn. Yeah. And to get to Tallinn in Estonia, we had to go via, I'm going to say, Lithuania. Okay. Mm, am I right there, Paul? Would I have I don't know, it's a bit flown to Lithuania? Yeah, and think I flew to Lithuania. People just, normally people just fly to Tallinn. Know, just... For some reason, we had to stop right, and go okay. through... Go through wasn't a hijacking. Was it? <laughs> no, anyway, you wouldn't. You would have remembered. We had to go you? through. Into oh, that's right. It was a hijacking. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what that. it was. They met their demands, and we took off again. I always forget that. I had forget that part the, of the story. The two million in used notes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, but to get through the airport into hmm. the, into the next bit to get into Tallinn. Yeah, we had, I had to go through a door, and I thought. It would be like a posh door, like a big security. It was just like a sort of B&Q internal door. Oh, wasn't it really? It was just like one we advertised in Wix, you know. Oh, like, nice. you know, like Just like a handle, and through you go through this... Quite black, hollow, you gave yeah. it not, not <laughs> yeah. solid wood. Just through this weird brown door. Solid. And it's like, yeah. off you go into Tallinn. What? Wow. Through here? Oh, okay, Fantastic. lovely. So, yeah, lovely stuff. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Niall Tracy talking to the Tokyo bronze medalist Declan Brooks and Niles in action in Beijing in the 1,000 metre short track speed skating oh, with his yeah. brother Farrell this Saturday lunchtime. We Fancy wish a go well. at that, Paul. I 
think I could, be, could have been Fancy good at that. I, you look to me, I, th- I look at you skating. and I think the first words that come to mind are short track, sh- I can't even say it, short track, speed, <laughs> speed skater. You've got the build, you've got, you've got a certain swagger it, about you, I'd Charlie. absolutely love that. Yeah. Got, uh, just to go at it. Do you prefer it to the long it. track speed yeah, skating? I'm not interested in the long track. Okay, fair just enough. the short track. Just for the me, short Paul. track. Okay. And we had some ice cream van stories. Yeah, My, we had. A, let me just. Yeah, the the on. one that came in earlier on, it was it was a good one as well, wasn't it? It was a, one of the a, a listeners' school teachers would occasionally turn up to school and park in the school playground, the teacher's wife's um, ice cream van. Yeah. He would just park it up. I wonder if it's like having a black taxi where if you, you can sort of avoid parking tickets and stuff, yeah. can't you? If people think you're if you parked up somewhere, just left your hazards on, your ice cream van. Yeah. I wonder if you'd get a ticket or anything like that. Anyway, I once did a half marathon, Paul. Did you really? I once did a half Not mar- on speed skates. No, no, I did a half marathon, um, and it was a very hot day. I hadn't trained enough, right. surprisingly. And I'm not a racing snake anyway. <laughs> hadn't trained quite enough, but I, I, I never give up, Paul. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'd had a few drinks the night before, so I perhaps shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I'd also... Had you, had you I, planned for this? It was an impromptu <laughs> half marathon. No, I had planned to do it. It was in um, Stroud in Gloucestershire. Okay, quite the Stroud hilly, half marathon. Quite hilly as well. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. Very, very hot day. Um, and I, I was wearing... How many pints? How many, were you a bit dehydrated? I'd had a bottle of champagne and five <laughs> okay. pints the night before. I Premature celebration <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I was wearing a top as well that I thought was breathable, but it turned out to be thermal. <laughs> <laughs> On a very hot It's all day. about the preparation yeah. with top-level athletes, <laughs> really? isn't it, really? Shouldn't have done the half Thermal marathon, let's be, let's be honest. Shouldn't yeah. have done it, right? Very hot day. Yeah. Got to about mile 10, and I am st- properly struggling. I'm not I mean, surprised. <laughs> properly struggling. I really, like, limp. My wife said as I came in, I just looked in massive pain, because like, <laughs> I limped over the line at 13 miles. Yeah. Got over the line, got, got me medal. Stepped away from the line and collapsed onto the floor. Yeah. Properly dehydrated, like massively dehydrated. Uh, St. John's Ambulance came and picked me up uh, yeah. and put me into their St. John's uh, van, mm. which was an old ice cream van. And do you have any of the old fittings or not? <clears throat> A couple of the old fittings in there, Paul. Nice. Like a little fridge in there. And I was like, what, what is this? What <laughs> You're is slightly this? delirious. So you've got St. John Ambulance who do an amazing job, of yeah. course. But, you know, they are sort of doctors that are sort of on work experience aren't they or you know <laughs> and then you've got not sure that's right charlie but there we are <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean they're like you know they're, they're having a go at it volunteer doctors great necessary even, work even the ambulance was like a volunteer that weekend it was an oh. ice cream van and yeah. so you you they had still had the old so you could have they looked got yourself yeah. a, <laughs> you got yourself a 99 yeah, while I you were sitting i there. didn't have 99 that's what problems. you probably need a little sugar rush after Lovely, all something that. like that you know it's needs water pool my oh, body okay. was my body was empty of water and and a uh, delirious charlie baker led into an ice cream van by st john's ambulance <laughs> probably three stone overweight i'm hallucinating it. in a thermal vest Bit well, if you've disaster. had a worst, if you've managed to prepare for something <laughs> in the world of sport in a worse way than that, we would love to hear it. I think that would take some doing. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail, Paul. Yeah. Well, you got round though, didn't you? You got round. Got round, Paul. Yeah, in under play. two hours. That's not a while bad. ago now. Like, perhaps I should do another one. That's not bad. Yeah, put a you know Stroud marathon, Stroud half marathon this year. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe, maybe not this year. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. Now we're going to chat to the author of a new book, Might Buy. Also, the name of a famous racehorse, of course. And yeah. That certainly feeds into the story. 
Uh, it is the secret life of a gambling addict. Uh, Patrick's former North Hans cricketer, and his story is is a uh, an amazing one. And he joins us now. Patrick, good afternoon. Hi guys, thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Welcome. Um, well, I say it's it, look. It's I won't. It's it's a tough, it's a tough read. Story, yeah. It is an incredibly tough read, and the twists and turns of it are. I mean, we probably can't do it justice in in the time we have. But um, I mean, I suppose that you have to go back to the moment when you put two pound on a fixed odds betting terminal, one seventy two pounds. It was probably the costliest win and the costliest two pounds that you ever spent, wasn't it? I suppose the story sort of unravels from there. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, gambling wasn't part of my life um, at all, really, until that point. And first bat I ever placed a one. Um, and like quite a lot of people from that moment on, I was I was hooked. There was something about it that I just loved. Um, but what's scary is not a day went past for the next 12 and a half years where I didn't have a bet online in a betting shop or in a casino from that moment on. And, and after putting that first bet on, I never thought I'd end up where I was um, and for some people that does happen and, and that's what's scary about it Were you someone who had a, a you would have thought of as a compulsive personality before that? Yeah definitely um, I definitely had that sort of personality and, and I also think that being incredibly competitive which which obviously made me high achieving when I was younger and, and successful sports wise or relatively successful um, but what the problem with gambling is, for me, it felt like a drug for someone who was competitive because it was just all about winning and losing. It was on tap. I could get that all the time. Um, and particularly when I stopped playing sport at a higher level, I found that gambling was the closest thing I could find to replace mm -hmm. that. And through the work I do now, I, that's a fairly kind of common theme um, to people who, who do go on and, and have issues with it. You you got injured playing cricket, so it wasn't strictly the gambling that that caused the end of your cricket career. You got an injury, and I suppose then that with that all that free time fed into that. Do you often wonder? Do you think things would have gone the same way had you not had that injury? Had you been able to continue with your cricket career? Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be very easy for me to sit here and blame the end of my cricket career on, on gambling. I don't think that was the case. Um, I don't think I was good enough, but it definitely played its part and and I think for a lot of people and uh, I think one of the big issues and that I try and articulate in, in the book is for me it was actually when I got released it was I found that really really difficult and and gambling kind of replaced that both in terms of that rush and buzz replication but also the kind of emotional turmoil that I was going through when I was dealing with that and I think we see with a lot of um professional sportsmen and women that actually it's often not when they're playing it, it might be when they finish or, or when sadly things don't go as they want them to i think the thing with uh, that comes across in your book is that, that you could hide it um yeah you could you can you could hide a, a gambling addiction um and you were a teacher and to your pupils and to their parents you were a fantastic teacher on top of everything but unlike an eating disorder or, or a, a drink problem, it's difficult to hide no, that, isn't no it? No obvious but visible with signs. A, with, with, with a gambling addiction, you could hide it. And of course, along that with that comes the shame. How, how have you, how have you found your way out of that? Yeah, exactly. These it's often described as a kind of invisible or, or hidden addiction for exactly those reasons. And of course, now with the advent of online gambling and smartphones, I could do it twenty four seven, three hundred and sixty five days a year, and 
no one really asked any questions because everyone's on their phone all the time. Um, so, yeah, it, it's amazing to think I did hide it. And, and one of the hardest things in the book was I didn't want people to think, well, when, wasn't everyone around you just being stupid, not noticing? You, you do become very good at it. Mm. Uh, and the onus does fall on the individual to do something about it. And again, one of the motivations for writing the book was that there are a lot of people in the situation, certainly not everybody who gambles, but there are some who do who will be feeling that way. And and it's on them to sadly to do something about it. Um, and for me, the biggest thing was was admitting that I had a problem. Of course, the irony of a gambling addiction is that you think the only thing that's going to get you out of it is the thing that's got you into it in the first place, um, which is to try and gamble your way out of it. And that's mm. never going to work. So actually just admitting I had a problem, being honest with those around me, coming clean and, and finally getting the help that. I so desperately needed and, and ultimately really wanted. There were a few times there, weren't there, Patrick, when you you could have gambled your way out of it, which is probably not the way, but um, you, you'd made enough money maybe to, to clear a few debts and get yourself back on your feet, and you went and gambled it again. So uh, even though you, you don't big sometimes, huge, huge betting wins, but you, they just went straight back uh, on the horses at the casino or whichever other sports, which were many that you used to bet on. Exactly that. I mean, when you're a gambling addict, you think that you're going to win some money, you're going to do the right thing with it, but actually no amount of money is, is ever enough. And um, as if you read the book, as, as you'll hear, I, I had some, I won some life-changing sums of money at, at the time, which mm. could have transformed somebody's life. But for me, there was always a chance of that bit more. Um, and I think that's a true sign of, of the addiction. You, you've had to admit, in writing the book, you've had to admit some stuff that you, you, you clearly wouldn't be proud of. You look back at that person you were then. Uh, as Charlie said, you were teaching in school, you were seen as a model teacher, but at the same time you were borrowing money from parents, um, which came back to to, uh, to haunt you. Um, also uh, going to a friend saying there was a really serious life-threatening illness in the family to get money to bet, I mean, does it feel like something you, you, now? I, th I think it's pretty clear from what we're saying. You are through it now. You've had your last bet, and and you do a lot of good work now for the PCA in the world of cricket. Speaking to young cricketers, but does it feel like a different person when you when you started to tell your story and, and write all this down? Yeah, it does. Um, I look back on it, and I don't think I'll ever forgive myself for the things that I've done. People have have been much quicker to forgive me and and of course I look back on it and and I can't believe that was me um but ultimately I have to accept that I can't change the past I can only change what's going forward or or my future and hopefully the work that I'm doing now with the company I work for Epic Risk Management um obviously the work I'm doing in collaboration with the PCA goes some way to prove that it was the addiction that did that to me rather than uh, that being the kind of person that I was. Mm. Um, but of course, I don't do this because I think I'm some sort of hero um, because I'm not proud of anything I did and I never will be. Um, but hopefully by sharing my experiences, it can help somebody else, even if it just helps one person. Um, then it will be worth it. Mm. I mean, it, it took you to the very brink, didn't it? You, you write in the book that you were you were ready to take your own life. You were there on the platform. You said your goodbyes to the people that mattered to you, 
and um, it was only a, a kind of intervention from your brother at the last minute to make you to kind of shake you out of it to make you realize of the the effect of what you were about to do on on your family and friends that 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 uh, changed the course of your life yeah um it was it had got that bad that desperate i didn't see a way out and and as you just said it was only when i really thought about the impact that it might have on on other people and the fact that actually they didn't deserve to go through that um that it made me do something about it and and i think you never really see a way out you don't think helps there you don't think helps possible but it is and if anybody's listening to this and finds himself in a situation of that kind whether it's through gambling or anything else the best thing you'll do is reach out for help because actually what i was about to do uh four years ago is never ever the solution for anybody do you think there's more help out there now patrick when you're when you're in the situation a few years ago do you think it's it's maybe easier to get that help yeah, I do. I think there is more help. I still don't think there's enough. Um, and the statistics will show that that not enough people who have a problem of this kind get the help that they need. Um, but also we've we've made some really positive steps in, in terms of reducing some of the stigma that's attached to, to gambling, something that's so normalized in culture and society. It's still a bit of a dirty word and, and carries a bit of a stigma, which I don't think is right. Um, so hopefully by people like myself sharing our experiences it will encourage other people that are struggling to to get the help that is there but i do think that there's still some way to go to ensuring that that less people go through what i did and, and finally your last bet is catalogued it was 100 pounds on king crimson in the 210 at wolverhampton thursday march the 22nd 2018 you've not had a bet since how hard has that been have you ever been tempted to go back yeah, obviously the title of the book is is different and, and people would think that was my last bet, but actually I had a free bet sitting in one of my accounts and I, I used that. Um, has it been difficult? Yeah, of course it has. Um, and I had to accept what had happened, take ownership of it, ultimately have a long, hard look at myself um, in the mirror, but also understand what was, was driving it. And that period was really important. Then the initial stages... Um, after I'd come out of treatment were tough and, and I can't say that I'd never have have had sort of urges and temptations since because they did exist but actually all I had to think about was sort of where I was and the mm-hmm. situation that I was in and, and that gets easier um, and and everybody has sort of struggles in life whatever they are and, and life's not perfect it's, it's not easy but it's a hell of a lot better um, than it was and, and recovery is possible um and yeah life is uh life's pretty good patrick we don't know each other but and i'm sure it won't help you at all but um i'm i think you're a very impressive person you've taken ownership of what you've done in the past and you need not feel any guilt um for what for what you've done at all and i think uh i think you can relieve yourself of that as well i'm interested do you still play cricket uh, i do uh, not very well but uh, yeah, I do. I've gone back to doing that. And that's an important part of, of my recovery. The club that I play for is, is very close to my heart. And uh, they've been very good to me through thick and thin. So, yeah, still uh, still try my best on a Saturday afternoon, but not always successfully, but certainly with a smile on my face. So um, and thanks for your kind words. It means an awful lot. Well, we're pleased, um, you know, you're, you're still um, managing to 
keep away from uh, from gambling. The it's, book's it's, beautifully it's written yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a it's a it's a powerful read. It's a hell of a story, and uh, we wish you well of it, Patrick. And um, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Might Bite the Secret Life of a Gambling Addict by Patrick Foster with uh, Will McPherson is available now in hardback when it's published by Bloomsbury Sports. You should probably say this if you are uh, experiencing any difficulties with, with gambling. Gamblers Anonymous is out there. BeGambleAware.org will put you in all kinds of directions. Yeah, that's up. right. And if there is anybody exactly listening to what Patrick had to say, please go and get some help because, you know, he's a, he's a, a living example, thankfully, of just how desperate things uh, can get. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Charlie Baker here on TalkSport. Andy Jacobs is in the studio. He'll be joining us later on uh, for a live uh, birthday spread. I've asked him if he wants his chair. He doesn't want it. No, he's he's not going to usurp you. Um, Anyways, a good stat from Opta the other day. Duncan Alexander from Opta who sent this out. Oxford's Cameron Brannigan has scored more penalties today, four, Mm. than 78 of the 92 league clubs (laughs) have this season. What a stat. It's true because four goals, sorry, four penalties in one game was was a little bit of history um, it was a 7-2 victory for uh, Oxford mm. and uh, he's here to talk us through it uh, some Cam- player Paul some Cameron, player you're, you're excited, a fan, I'm excited yeah, yeah. Charlie's a fan Cameron good afternoon Hi, lad, you okay? Yeah, yeah good, we're good. I mean, we, we often uh, speak to a guy called Ben Littleton who, who wrote the definitive book on uh, on penalty, penalties and penalty shootouts and the art and psychology of penalties. And he was very interested in what you did, I saw, on social media. Because when you're taking four pens in a game, I mean, it's, it's you versus the goalkeeper. It's, it's a battle of wits, isn't it? I mean, how much thought did you give to that beforehand? Because, you know, when you take two penalties, you've got some decisions to make when you're taking four it's like a game of chess mm. oh yeah i mean i didn't think about it too much to be honest i mean the first one i was always going to go right i always say if i pick my way i go with it and that's just it if he saves it he saves it and the first one i went right lucky enough he dived left and then the other three i was always confident and i you know i was always confident in, in going across him so yeah, I mean, I hit them well, and lucky enough, he dove the wrong way for every single one. Because <laughs> he's working on the basis that your second one, he thinks uh, he's going to go same way, and yeah. you don't. It's a touch of the Harry Kane's always in that little bit of side netting quite low. The third yeah. one, he says, well, he'll definitely go where he went Is with the it? first exactly, one. Exactly, yeah. So you go the same way again, slightly <laughs> high. You could argue if he'd taken off, it wasn't a bad height for a keeper, but it was right in the corner, yeah. so he probably wouldn't have got there. And then for the fourth one, he's thinking, well, he's definitely going that side <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. So won't put them all there. Just, <laughs> and you're, I just thought that, you know, for you to keep doing that, saying, no, I'm going to stick with what I'm going to do, I'm going to put one one way, three the other, and uh, yeah. it's up to him to stop them. Yeah, that was it. I mean, like I said before, I was always confident, and, you know, I'm a big believer, and if you pick the way and he saves it, you know, he saves it is what it is, so... Yeah, I, I stuck with what I thought was right, and lucky enough, they all flew in the net. Yeah, you weren't tempted by a little penenka for oh, the yeah. fourth, for the one down one. the middle would have been very <laughs> tempting. <laughs> I'll be dead straight. I actually thought about it. Um, <laughs> I mean, definitely on the fourth, definitely on the fourth, because obviously I'd already scored three, and it was like, no, I just no, I, I couldn't do it, yeah. and I backed myself to yeah. put it in the corner again. And Thing yeah, is, lucky enough. I'd, you are that sort of player, Cameron. You'll you'll really get you get people's. You bum. go and watch Oxford. Yeah, don't I watch you, Oxford. Yeah. My son's team is Oxford, so I've seen you play a lot, Cameron. You're his favourite player. Um, you're a real sort of 
get bums off the seats player, some great passing, some great movement, great midfield. Not bad penalties look, either. Look as if you're playing, I'd say, a league below your level at least. You know, yeah, have a uh, word with Carl about that. Get the money so, up. You know, so and <laughs> Oxford, Oxford play good football, play really nice football. Yeah. That would be great, yeah. wouldn't it? Go into car and say, yeah. Um, I'm apparently talking to Charlie Baker on TalkSport. I'm playing, a league. I'm, I'm playing a league below my level, and I don't think my salary reflects that, Gaffer. Wouldn't it be great, would it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm happy where I am. I'm, I'm more than happy where I am. I love the club. Yeah. The club have done a lot for me over the past as well. So, yeah, I mean, we're you know we're pushing for promotion, and mm. we want to get it as, as much as we can. So, we've been close the past couple of years, and you know we want to keep working hard and try and get over the line this year. Well, the stats were, uh, first player to score even three penalties in an English game since 2017, that was. Uh, it, been achieved in, it hadn't been achieved in the league since 1957. Ken, Manchester City's Ken Barnes against Everton. And we've had wow. Chelmsford Scott uh, Fennick score penalty hat-tricks. He did that in two successive games, so that's quite interesting. Wow. But, I mean, for four pens. Uh, did, there, mm. did you have a word with the keeper after the game? You shake hands with him? Did he say anything yeah, to, to you? To be honest, I don't think I did. No, I just walked <laughs> off. So I, I don't know. I didn't see him. So, no, nah, I just, you know, I left into it and... Yeah, he'd let yeah, him seven. Yeah, we the match ball up and we yeah, clapped yeah. our fans and went <laughs> went away. Yeah. Tough division, isn't it, yeah. League One? Really, some really big teams at the moment, yeah. uh, and especially at the top. And you've got Sunderland and Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday. You know, some big English League teams there. And also, just everyone wants to, just to get out, don't they? It's, it's such a hard yeah. league. It is. It's a very hard league. Uh, and you know every game's different, um, but it's always competitive, and there's just never an easy game. Every game's really hard, and you can see that with the league because you know a lot of teams just beat each other, and yeah, it's tough. Um, but now nah, we we've just got to keep working hard, I suppose, and you know hopefully keep getting the right results mm. and long may it continue and try and get out of the league. Yeah. yeah. Now I think I'm right in saying finally that you're not the regular go-to penalty taker, but are you now? Has that, yeah. that passed to you or not? <laughs> Well, James Henry, you know, he, he slots him away quite a lot and he missed the last one, but unfortunately at the minute he's obviously injured and mm. uh, Matty Taylor um, took the last one and, and Matty missed. Oh, um, so I said to Matty, look, I'm I'm on the next pen. Um, <laughs> and lucky enough, we got the four in one game and I slotted the lot, so yeah. I don't see why I can't be on him anymore. You can't, yeah. you can't lose it. It's going to be interesting to say which, well, you say you're off, you, don't give too much away, uh, but next time, he has a pen next ball, time you get a penalty... What's going to be going on with the keeper? What's going to be going through his mind? He's going to go with his favourite. He's going to go with the one where he put... Or is he? I don't know. Oh, he is he do? going to try well, that we'll Penenka see. that he's got on account? <laughs> I've got it there somewhere. I just need to find the brave ones to do it. Play or final, no, I mean, play or final Penenka. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be bad, would it? Um, but no, I mean, again, I'll just go with what I feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll back myself and, yeah, I mean, I'll... Hopefully hit the target and hopefully I'll ripple on her again. Brilliant. Good to talk to you, Cameron. Cheers, Appreciate Cameron. you joining us. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Man. Thank you very Thank much. You. See you soon. Bye-bye. Oxford United's Cameron Brannigan there scored four penalties. Yeah. So how interesting is that? I have the, the mind the mindset there too. What would you do, Paul? Just left, right, left, right. Like yeah, I, I don't know. You got, you got to judge in the moment, yeah, haven't you? Yeah. But it, the way he does it, go and watch them. Now we'll stick them out uh, on. Charlie found them earlier on, yeah, so yeah. we'll put them on at TSH and J. I've got to be honest. Some of the decision making for the yeah. pens. <laughs> yeah. Two of them were pens. Maybe three of them were pens. You went. That's a pen. One of and them. And that's a pen. You went. Oh come on. One of them you looked at. <laughs> that Bobby, was what they call a Bobby coming Maddie. together. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, I'm not sure about some of those decisions. But anyway. 
they were penalties and he put them away. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, it's that time again, folks. It's time for the birthday spread. A simple idea, strung out for about 20-odd minutes. But no, I think you need that time. Years, you, need, you need time to let it breathe. It's a very simple yeah. game, much imitated. And uh, it's, <laughs> basically, was not it? By a very tall person. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> basically, we're going to look at 10 people's birthdays this week, and we're going to try and guess how old they are. Now, there will be a margin of error in the many guesses myself and Charlie make, and the idea really is to have the smallest margin of error over the 10 birthdays. It's mm. as simple as that, and that person is the winner. We do hope you're going to play along at home and you can feed through at TSH&J, um, etc., how, just how well you're doing. You might be taking us to the cleaners. We just don't know it. I just don't know, Paul. Because all we can really bring you is myself and Charlie. You're saying you're number one in the world. There might be someone out there who every, every yeah. week is within two years. The listener's challenge. That's what we could do. Uh, anyway, um, giving us the gilt edge gags uh, and reading out the birthdays that he's collated live in person today uh, oh, is Andy Jacobs. Hello, Andy. Hi, how are you doing? Great to know. see you. Yeah, well, <laughs> so often you're doing this on your own show. You're doing this down the line. Yeah. Why have you become somebody else on your own show? <laughs> Very odd, isn't it? It's like he's a guest. Turned into Bob Harris. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. <laughs> Where's really this come from? Music. <laughs> so what, what are the gags like this week? Well, I'd say they're moderate. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's what we aim for here on this show. Moderation in all things. I think we got... It's, it's, on, it's on the club crest in Latin. On, on all of our show blazers uh, Jeff Peters is in his nerve ah. centre in the East Midlands there it is that phone that, that old star I, I think phone. it's a modern phone but they use the kind of kit the ring old ring to <laughs> yeah, yeah. teams like Brighton oh, yeah. no, oh he's a piece of work he doesn't it? work like yeah, he's right He's absolutely right. Oh, you Dan, you're a he's football right. snob, and he's not listening right. to you. He's not um, right. He's the moose. Are Brighton going to win the cup? No, they're not. They might do. They're not. He's, listen, it's great to have Andy in the studio yeah. doing the gangs. There's nothing like seeing comedians live. That's true. And I've bought a ticket to see uh, one Charlie Baker at the Leicester <laughs> Comedy yeah. Festival. Very nice. That's Next right. He's put, he spent his own money. Thank you, Jeff. Very kind. Yeah. Jeff's got a new service now. He tells me uh, which gags, which names I used last year. It's quite useful. It's oh. good, Jay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's I was wary. Telling no, no, you should do because you'll just do the same birthdays and the same gags. I mean, it's recycling, it's very green. Yeah, but I can't it's imagine right. it's a very popular service for anybody else. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's not a transferable skill, Jeff. Useful, <laughs> useless I wouldn't set up your own business doing it. So, uh, Paul, Paul leads 14 8 uh, after winning eight. last week. David Heffer uh, did for Charlie. Oh, yeah, David, it was yeah. quite tactical. On the ninth birthday, I did just go one year, but I'd yeah. say that's fair. The tenth birthday is always open, depending on who's in the lead, mm. so there isn't skullduggery mm. at the death. But let's get underway. Um, here's Pele. Yes, it only contains uh, one name that we had last year. So uh, not okay. bad, nine new names. Some are quite tricky, actually. Okay. Uh, but we'll start with one you'll know. Uh, the singer Marcus Mumford. Marcus oh, Mumford. Marcus He's Mumford. just had a huge hit, actually, in Has South he? Korea. Yeah. Uh, it's a duet recorded with one of the country's top players. Yes, <laughs> Mumford and Son. <laughs> oh, oh beautiful, yeah. Though, wasn't it? How old's Marcus really Mumford? Good. What is he, early 40s? 42. 42. 44. 35. 
Oh, sorry, Marcus. Pop stars, they're young, yeah. aren't they, Paul? Thought, you have to he seems remember. to have been around for a long time. He was the boy Mumford. They're probably uh, still at school when they brought their gosh. first album out. So that's not a good start, is it? Terrible start. No, it's Paul Seven, Charlie Nine. Max has actually sent in some uh, some guesses. <laughs> I think we, don't, we don't need them. We don't I, need them. Yeah, I think he's scheduled the tweet. He's 32 out, and I've looked at some of his other guesses, and yeah, I don't think <laughs> we need to worry he, about he, Max. He doesn't, how one. can he have done that? I, I didn't send in the names. Oh, well, there we oh, go. I think it's a joke then. In oh, way. OK, for 32 years. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we move on. Charlie, you're next. Okay. Oh, oh no, you, well, you know, he's, you got to ask him. He'll go first <laughs> next. Right. I mean, I can yeah. guess. I can, then, just, yeah. I can just guess I if Charlie's you like. The, uh, like you thought you suddenly remembered you left the gas on. Fifty-eight. <laughs> Fifty-eight. We'll just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cricketer uh, Ramon Sabaro. Ramon yeah. Sabaro. Yeah. And uh, during the first lockdown, he was only allowed to have three members of his family in the house at any one time. But now he's moved to Europe, he can have up to five suppers. Hey, <laughs> fantastic. Oh, Ramon Sabaro. You ask him to make a sandwich, it takes him ages. He just goes move. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Subaru way. Um, I don't know who he is, okay, or if he's still playing cricket. I don't know any of those things, right? So I'm gonna just have to go 52. He's a bit older than that. Oh, um, no. I he's got to be about no, no reacting, Andy, because <laughs> that gives him a clue. Seven, I know, I know he is. Well, I know he is, but I'm trying to think of 77. Oh. No, he's 90. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, yeah. he's even older. This Very is this is quite poor spread work. Bad the spread. I'm, I'm put off by having the great Andy Jacobs in the studio. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of flexibility this week because there's hardly any names you know. This I'm going to close really my eyes. One. What's that done to the scores, Jeff? Draw back the curtain. Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, 29-26 was the final score. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, well, Paul is 13 out, so he moves on to 20. Yeah. Charlie is, I'm sorry, 38 out oh, and moves on to 47. That's still time. Still this is time. the worst performance by the pair of us at this stage still of the game. Still time, still time. Anyway, it's oh, a volatile yeah. one. It's uh, me it up first, Andy. It's the Prime Minister of Iceland, Katrin Jacobsdottir. Katrin Jacobsdottir. She's had a show, actually, on Icelandic talk sport for over 20 <laughs> years with a Spurs-supporting co-presenter. Yes, the listeners love Hawksperson and Jacobsdottir. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Jacobs? He's dot here. <laughs> to Trevor Francis. Where's Jacobs? Dot here. Um, okay, um, I'm going first. I don't know. Countries like Iceland, they, Never know. They, they, they could be about 14. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> politicians are different in different parts of the world. They go, they go younger. And that's a good thing. Um, I'd say she is 51. What I do you think, think Charlie? I think you're about right. Yeah, 48. 46. Oh, back, back in the game. We're back on track. Jeff, what's that done to the scores? Uh, Paul, you are five out. You're on to 25. Charlie is two out. He moves on to 49. 24 okay. in it okay. after the three. Still a game, though. Okay. Uh, Charlie's yeah. first up next, Andy. It's the Conservative MP for Winchester, Steve Brine. Steve mm. Brine. Steve Brine. You're yeah. very posh. I am. <laughs> Steve I... Brine, who works with Harry Hill, who's Glenn Ponder, is it <laughs> no, him? Not Alfie's Steve dad. Steve Brine. Oh, OK. I spotted him in the Commons members bar having one too many. Yes, Brine was absolutely pickled. Oh, of course he ah, was. Lovely, what yes. does Steve Brine Steve do? Steve Brine. What does he do? He's an MP. He's an MP, MP Steve. Uh, 62. Steve Bryan, the MP for Winchester, 57. 48. Oh, 
David Mays is enjoying things so far. He's enjoying our discomfort, no doubt. Thank you, David. Um, what are the scores, what, Jeff? Former Blackburn centre. No, no, David. That's David May. <laughs> oh, anyways, isn't it? Yeah. Charlie is fourteen out, so oh. moves on to sixty-three after four. Oh, Paul nine out onto thirty-four, so twenty-nine. Already, it's not Charlie. Don't be defeatist. I mean, we know how volatile this could be. There could be another Ram and Sabaro in there. Sure. It's still better than Max is guessing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm next, and we're going to half time with this one. Andy. Uh, half time. It's the banker. He's just left Credit Suisse. It's uh, Antonio Horta Osorio. <laughs> Sir Antonio Horta Osorio. And I'll never forget the day he burst into the House of Commons to disrupt proceedings. The Speaker had to shout him down, Horta! Horta! Here we are. <laughs> Unlock. Uh, wow. He's just left with Credit, Credit Suisse. Suisse. <laughs> Horta just, it's like a teller. He's just retired. <laughs> Horta Osorio. Uh, banking. It'll burn you out at that level, can't it? Burn yeah, you out. He was at Lloyd's. That did happen to him, I think. Um, mm. OK. Well, you don't know that for a fact in case no. he's listening. <laughs> well, I think, might have been fine. <laughs> might have just left. I think might have just <laughs> left him his own accord. Um, I don't reckon even... He was a husk of a man he when he left. We don't know that. <laughs> but he was in bed. No, we don't know that. I think there was something like that. I don't know exactly Wandered out, right. swaggered out the building with his happy as Larry. Um, why a hoarder. Uh, I'd say he's 61. Mm. You're going to go higher, Charlie. It's up to me what I'm okay, doing. Cool. Thank right. you very All much. Right. Blimey. <laughs> Don't need any like suggestion okay. of which way I'm going to go. It was a question. It wasn't a statement. <laughs> Just left game, Credit Charlie. Suisse. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 65. <laughs> 58. Oh, oh, way Regals. <laughs> so we're going to half-time of the scores at what, Jeff? Awful. Uh, Paul, 37. Charlie, 70. Oh, oh man. Gosh. Look, it's a long way back, but it can be done. Uh, look at Rangers last night. Oh, hang on. Um, <laughs> yes, sorry. Um, so that's one for Alan Brazil. It, uh, we're going to the second half very, very Terrible. shortly. Thirty-seven seventy. Charlie will lead us off. Playing for pride. Uh, very uh, yes. So yeah, stick around. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, it's the second half of the birthday spread. Um, the score's delicately poised at me on thirty-seven, mm. Charlie on seventy. Terrible, it's been quite terrible. poor. Da- show David so Way's been in touch. Charlie thrown under the bus, bringing in Raman Subaru in second. Hawks Bay always <laughs> going to know him. I'd be raging. Okay, well, look, I don't make the rules. Andy does. To it. I know. Sorry. Five Max on 132. Max, on, Max has been winding you up. He knows. <laughs> he just he guessed he guessed ages without the birth. <laughs> Craig, yeah. Craig says and, that? Andy sounds a bit shy on the radio this afternoon. <laughs> shy. Yeah, yeah. On his own show. Bit shy. Shy. Why is he shy? Bit nervous. Nervous. Okay. Anyway, if you're listening on medium wave, shy. I've been doing this for 20 years. I can't be nervous. Man and boy. Here's Pele. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, Charlie's off next. Who's the next birthday? It's the actress uh, from Wedding Crashers and The Great Gatsby, Isla Fisher. Oh, yeah. Isla, Isla Fisher. Fisher, yeah. She's just formed a supergroup with the presenter of TalkSport's Mid Morning Show <laughs> and the former lead singer of Roxy Music. Yes. Let's hear it for Isla White Ferry. That's I like that. Come on. Very nice. <laughs> um, we did do the call in the other day. 
subject that they've had with me. Yeah. Of which footballers have you met on the Isle of Wight Ferry? I mean, it, it was a new yeah. low for it this was, show. It was, yeah, Charlie's <laughs> Choice. No, better that was, than his that one, was a new low. Yeah. <laughs> better than his one today, <laughs> which was... Which was, uh, uh, when did you describe yourself as a mermaid? When did you last describe yourself as a... 46, to a 46, Andy. 46, that's a good guess. Um, 45. Oh. No, that's what I think she is. I'm allowed to do that. Well, I I can't say 83 <laughs> for the sake of it, can I? She is 46. Okay, ah. 46. Okay, well, you direct hit, Charlie. That's a really good. So, Charlie stays on 70, I take it, Jeff. Yeah, and you move on one to 38. Yeah, I mean, if you like, I'll say she's 93, knowing she's not, just to please you. But I've got to play the game. Okay, I'm up uh, next, Andy. Okay, she was the Prime Minister of France, Edith Cresson. Edith Ooh. Cresson. <laughs> and I know Edith, actually, because we were playing in a charity cricket match with uh, former Durham keeper Phil Mustard. Yes. <laughs> Who can get the partnership between Mustard and Cresson? Mustard and Cresson, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say, um, I don't know, 72, mm. I'm guessing. 83. 88. Oh, see what I mean, Charlie? You're chipping away. You're starting to chip away. Since I watched Wrong uh, wrong Way Regals. Yeah, (laughs) during the break. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) This is the famous old American football clip of an American player who ran the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. (laughs) Um, Okay, what's that done to the scores? Paul, 16 out onto 54. Charlie, uh, 5 out on that one, onto 75. So there is 21 in it with 3 to go. Not much at all. Charlie leads off on birthday 8. Off we go. Okay, Charlie, he was the world's richest person between Mm. 2010 and 2013. Carlos Slim. Carlos Slim. Carlos Slim. And he's got a revolting habit, actually, of excavating the inner regions of his nasal passages. And let's face it, no one wants to see Slim's picking. Oh, dear me. <laughs> what were his years of richness, Carlos Slim? Two, t- 2010 to 2013. What? I presume he's still got a bit of money. <laughs> Can't go from the world's richest. What did he do? Yeah. Sell, sell boot-cut jeans? What did he sell? What were hot in those three years? <laughs> yeah. What really took off in those three years? A good question, yeah. Oh, gosh. How old is he, then? Could be anything, can it? Could be yeah. anything. Could be anything. 60. Okay, I'm going to go 74. 82. Oh, it's all over. One step forward, one step back. What's that done to the scores, (laughs) Jeff? And he's got a really bad poker face. (laughs) (laughs) I said 60 and he went... "Mm It's really, really bad. I yes. prefer doing it at home. <laughs> yeah. Paul's guess of 74 was eight out, so he's on to 62. Uh, Charlie, 22 out on that one. Um, so you move on to 97. Awful. So just the 35 in it with two uh, to go. 35. I'm going off first this time. It's, like a, it's like a rushed and throwback, this game. It, it is. Yeah. It's like Max Sorry, being meltdown Max. by now. So here we go, Andy. Okay, we're welcoming, welcoming him, me, 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 me. <laughs> welcoming him okay, back me, 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 me. <laughs> from last year. Where he, nervous? Uh, Why is he so nervous? <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, got a bit of a dab on show. His, his sweat's on, running his down his face. On the show. Yeah, you ever seen that film broadcast <laughs> news? Albert Brooks. Very harsh. <laughs> He's welcoming. <laughs> we're welcoming back from last year. It's the composer Philip Glass. Oh yes, Philip, Philip Glass. Glass yeah. And in the last year, actually. He's just started a new business making vases, drinking vessels, and objets d'art with cricket commentator Henry Blofeld. Yes, glass blowers. Wow. There we are. Marvellous. Uh, Philip Glass. Smashing. 71, Philip Glass, I'm going to go for. A bit younger, you think? A bit younger? 
Paul. I just know I, 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 that, you like Bruce Foot higher, higher. Yeah. It feels nothing a bit, for a pair. I, I've said, once I've said it, I know I'm committing to it. Yeah. I'm locked in. Seventy-eight. Locked in. I'm locked in. Uh, the way. Philip Glass is uh, no, it's good. He's eighty-five. Yeah, oh well, older than yes. Philip Glass. We are. Don't know my glass. Anyway, um, so what's that done to the scores, Jeff? 14 out means glass four from your glass from your glow, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said I don't know. Yeah, from my other composers, if you're similar sorts of avant-garde music. Uh, yeah. 14 out means, Paul, you move on to 76. Yeah. And seven out from Charlie means oh. he breaks the century barrier, goes on to 104. Poor. He's raised his poor, bat. 104 poor, raised poor. his bat. 28 <laughs> in it, one to go. Well, 28. It's okay, been I known. First. It has been known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Professor William Wisden, founding member of the UK Dementia Research Institute. Professor William Wisden. Yeah. And I tried to bribe him, actually, to give me and four other players his vote in our annual Cricket Club Awards. I was desperate to be one of Wisden's five cricketers of the year. Lovely. I'm going to go 85. Now, you've got 28 to play Mm. with there. So, 85. He's not 59, is he? Well, he might be, but it's probably more likely to be 59 than he is. 59? What have you gone for? The other alternative is... You've uh, got 85. Yeah, the other alternative is, um, I think he, uh, he's uh, 113, isn't it? I mean, he's either 113 or he's 50, 59. 59. He's 58. Oh! <laughs> 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 oh what a goal! Scenes, I believe the kids call it. Hashtag scenes. Yeah, I fooled you there. I put wow. in a young one. Wow, Paul! <laughs> I've never seen him so happy. <laughs> well, Jeff. Yes. Well, that's as incredible. If, as if we need telling. <laughs> as if we need telling. So what, Charlie? Just to clarify, what age did you say? Oh, he said fifty-eight. No, I said fifty-nine. Oh, fifty-nine. He and he's gone, fifty-eight. So he's one out. Okay, so yeah, Paul finishes on one hundred and three, and Charlie's on one hundred and five. No. <laughs> Can't be right. No, he's only one out. He was on 103. Wasn't Did we he was get on 104, and he's yeah. moved on to 105. And Paul is 27 oh. out. So let me just check. 85. <laughs> this is wrong. Isn't minus this 58 is, wrong. This is, is 27. Wrong. 27 plus 76, which Paul was on, takes him to 103. So maybe no. the figure we gave you, Charlie. This is wrong. Oh, exactly. Paul, you didn't let me you do the hung maths. him out to dry there, didn't, haven't didn't you? Didn't maybe. Do the well, I thought, I thought it was you, Jeff, that gave the difference between shame. the two scores. I feel yeah, like 104 I feel minus 76 is 28. It's a mess. Yeah. Call it null and void. I think. I null think, and void. I think it's a moral victory <laughs> to you. I, I'm, I'm, what a shame. Do you know what I'm going to do? Is this has never happened before caught, in the history of the I birthday I caught Andy's spread. nerves. I, I concede. <laughs> Conce- well, I think that was the right thing to do. I've knocked, I've, knocked, I've knocked my piece over on the board. Charlie and I oh, concede. Because you had reaction. a moral victory there. Thank you. Somebody gave you the wrong information. Yes, wrong info there. And, and uh, I, I don't done my maths that. accordingly. I don't want to ruin your finest moment for many years. So there we are. I don't think the committee are going to be happy with this. No, they won't. <laughs> I think it's only fair, uh, the, Jeff, to you as the arbiter. Uh, listen, you, you guys saw it. Now, I said it was 104 against 76, so yeah. the difference was 28. You mentioned the numbers 59. Right, OK. Um, not me. So That's why, um, I, that's why I feel yeah. guilty. Very and, bad, uh, very yes. bad. So, it, well done, Charlie. Thank you. Well, let, it's, no, we've it's never an, seen it's one an finish empty victory. Like that. You could have had the tiebreaker if you wanted. No, 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 no I think it's only... I think, I think we should have the tiebreaker. You've got a train to yeah, catch. I, yeah, I think we should <laughs> have the tiebreaker. The time has gone. Charlie, you have won. Congratulations. I mean, it doesn't the, really matter, does Whatever it? the Court of Arbitration thinks, something was that, wrong. You know, it takes me about two days to <laughs> do this, mate. <laughs> yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Smashing. Um, now, tomorrow, uh, it's a slightly... You're in Edinburgh tomorrow. 
That's right. Um, which Green King pub is it, Paul? The Green King pub, which I keep forgetting the name of. Uh, platform... Which, platform 5. five. Is it Platform, platform five? 5? Don't go to Platform 4. They won't be there. Uh, on the Haymarket uh, in in uh, Edinburgh yeah, tomorrow lovely. from 1 o'clock. Do hope you can join us. Come along and say hello, myself and Andy. So, yes, that'll be a different uh, show building up to the Calcutta Cup. I'll see you on Tuesday, See you Charlie. Tuesday, Paul. And I'm, I'm back Saturday morning with Max, 9 till 11, and... 9 to 11, Sunday, sitting in for Johnny Owen. Lovely. So lovely okay, yeah. That's a lot of Charlie Bates. Oh, fantastic. too much. No, it's not, that's never too much. Okay, thank you. Never, as thank Luther you, Luther Vandross, Vandross, I think, called it. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll catch up with you tomorrow live from Edinburgh. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.